It's been a long time coming, but welcome back to season two of Two Average Husbands. I am your host, Jake, and I am excited that we are back. How about you, Kyle? That seems like a a good transition to season two. I hadn't thought about that, but now that you sprung that on me, it makes perfect sense, and I'm happy that you did that. I'm good. I'm your host, Kyle. I am back. I'm happy to be back, and I am excited to get back to trying new beers and talking with Jake and anybody that wants to hang out in the comments with us. I don't know if anybody's in there yet. But anyway, Jake, what are you drinking? I decided since it's start of season two, Kyle's back after a long hiatus. I had to break out something nice and fancy. I've talked about a version of this beer quite a few times as being one of my all-time favorite stouts. And I figured now would be a perfect time to break out its successor, I guess. It is what it is now. It is the Barrel-Aged Pancake Robots by Penrose Brewing. Nice. Which is a, it's a, a, a bourbon barrel aged imperial pastry stout with maple syrup and vanilla. I'm cheating a little bit. I've had this before, but my argument is uh, I had it out of a tap last time, and now I'm having it out of a can, so it's different. So it's probably worse, unfortunately. I mean, probably. Pen won't fucking work, and it's driving me crazy. Gotta have a working pen. Fact. Do you? Though? Okay. There we go. Yes. Thanks for welcoming me back, Uncle Kyle. I appreciate it. Yes, Uncle Kyle, we are very happy to be back. All right, I'm starting with, uh, for me, Sleepy Dog Brewing, and it's the Gorgeous. I have a bunch of leftover pumpkin beers uh, before since before we had to take the break from the pod, or I did at least, and I'm hoping that they're still good because they've been sitting in there for a little while, but if they're not, I'm sure they'll get me drunk all the same, which is the goal. This Jake and I were both talking about the fact that we have been on a hiatus of drinking as we've been on a hiatus from the podcast, and so the the two of us are probably going to get uh, goofy, I guess, yeah. is, the, just is a, a good way to put it. Just a little bit. Literally, so this episode is going to be us just introducing quite a few new things, talking about a few life updates before we get into the normal content, but I bought a house. Um, as you can see, if you're watching us live on YouTube, if you're listening to us later on Spotify or iTunes, you're not going to know that. But Go to YouTube and look at the house. <laughs> yes, please go to YouTube. Make sure you like the video. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up and a comment. Helps with the algorithm. Um, but I bought a new house. Uh, very unexpected house purchase. I can't believe that that's a sentence that's coming out of my mouth, but it is. It is um, crazy. Congratulations. Yes, and uh, as part of that, uh, I have... What I suspect to have been uh, COVID at some point during that (laughs) and just wasn't drinking really before that either. So I think the last time that I had alcohol was Thanksgiving. Like I think it's literally been almost two, if not three full months. Yeah, I had uh, my last beer, which goes uh, ties into the Kyle's comment there, which I was watching the Dallas game and I, I had to open a beer. I had to. Uh, naturally, if you watch that game and you know that I'm a Dallas fan, I I had to. Uh, so I had one beer in the last since sometime in November as well. So it's been a while. And now this is beer number two, and it's tasting pretty good so far. So clearly it hasn't completely gone to shit while it's been sitting in my fridge. That's good to hear. That is great to hear. But yes, Kyle, you said you wanted to talk about how great your time off of work has been. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this is kind of like one of my topics anyway, because honestly, in this to be completely transparent in this episode, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to talk about, because I knew that there were so many things that the two of us have missed out on the last two months that I figured we could find plenty of content. Uh, So uh, I am going to start off just because you said that with I took two weeks off of work. 
Uh, I haven't taken really time off since uh, the pandemic started, I guess I would say a little bit uh, just in, in tangent with a, a different work trip that I was on. Uh, I took a little bit of time off on the on the backside of that. But this is like the that week I... that we were there. Yeah, that's true. I kind of forgot about that. So yeah, between that, which we didn't, you know, still you're talking about pandemic time off where you can't really do much. But this time I was like, I need a break. I just really need a break from work. And I've got some time off built up now because of my lack of taking time off during the pandemic. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking it. I'm doing some time for me and Carly and us to hang out. She tried to get some time off work too. Didn't really work out, which sucks. But uh, we did have some time that we were able to uh, just spend the, the, two, the two of us and kind of do some stuff, which just reminded me of something else that I need to talk about. Um, but the big thing was, and I was sitting there and I can't remember, I think we were in like either on the couch or in bed or something. And Carly, I was like, man, I'm bored. I gotta do something. And Carly started, <laughs> uh, she pulled up Duolingo. Right. And she's just kind of like popping through Duolingo and, um, you know, checking things out on there. And I was like, Oh man, like I've heard about this, but whatever. And then, uh, I think she got mad at me cause she like, she's doing learning Spanish and Duolingo. And I know very little Spanish, but some still, and something popped up and I was just like, Oh, that's this. And she's like, I don't want your help get your own app. And I was like, Hey, that's a good idea. So I did. And I started uh, messing around Duolingo too, which is actually really fun. So not a sponsor and uh, they don't give me anything to say this, but I think Duolingo is actually a pretty user-friendly app and it's kind of fun and it's free. Uh, you don't have to get the pro version or whatever. You just have, it's kind of like any other mobile app where you get like lives, if you will, hearts on this app. Right. And so then you, you know, you get five chances to fuck up. And then if you fuck up five times then you move on to some sort of waiting period, right. Until you can accumulate more hearts and keep trying. But it's actually pretty, pretty dope. I can't speak the language whatsoever. And uh, I have no idea why I picked it, but I picked Russian. So I'm trying to learn Russian right now. <laughs> it was kind of the first thing that popped into my, my head. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do that. So I've been messing with Russian for uh, a little over a week and a half now and there. And like I said, it's not like something I can sit and fluently speak or anything like that. But I'm learning words and familiarity and letters and alphabets and all that shit that you learn at the beginning of learning a language. So it's pretty cool. And I've been happy with that app. Um, I don't know if you've messed with it at all. I haven't, but I've been considering doing something like that because I do want to like expand my language horizons. Like I feel like I have a general understanding, like a very base level understanding of a lot of languages. Like I know enough Spanish to get by. I have some basic understanding of French, Italian, a little bit of German, a little bit of Polish, a little bit of Russian, like very minimal. Like I know how to say a sentence. Um, like, I feel like I could learn another language pretty easily. And just in my past, I've never had good language teachers. So I feel like it's something I should try. Yeah, I I feel like I had, you know, mixed, re like, results, I guess, with teachers in high school. Because I took four years of Spanish when I was in high school. And then I just never went anywhere with it. And I regret that a lot. I wish I would have taken that a little bit farther and learned to, you know, continue to learn that language. Because it's obviously very usable, even in inside the United States, uh, especially where I live now in Arizona. So like, there's a lot of, you know, usability of Spanish down here, but I didn't. And that was fucked uh, on my own part. So now I, I think it's, it's tougher. I mean, it, you know, it's statistically harder as an adult to learn a language, um, unless you're some sort of fucking just sponge that can absorb everything, I guess. But uh, as as you use this app, it's, it's, it's interesting to me as opposed to like a school learning of language, because in school, it's very, you know, you start with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Like right. you learn your letters and then you learn how to write the letters and everything. And then you move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's very, it's very progressive and sequential like that. With Duolingo, it's like 
hey, this is how you say, how are you? And then you move on yeah. from there, right? See, and that's what I need. And the next thing, and the next thing, right? So you're learning applicable conversation, uh, you know, with the language as opposed to just like, hey, this is how you say yellow. Okay, when the fuck am I going to use yellow in a sentence that's like necessary right now? You know what I mean? It, it's not like that. It's much more, uh, I would say, user usable and user friendly to use the app to try to learn the language. Yeah, see, that's it's what I need. Cool. I can't sit there and be like, this is their version of A. This mm-hmm. is their version of S. Like, I, yeah. I, I can't do that. I've, the, and the, the reason I know so many, like, sentences and words in various languages is because I know people who spoke the language. And I was like, hey, how do you say this in this language? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you say it this way. You say it that way. And that's always been, I've always been a better learner like that. And I think that's why I sucked at Spanish in high school. It was just like it was taught so in such a rudimentary way that it wasn't like beneficial to me actually learning it. Pro tip, by the way, to anybody that wants to start using Duolingo, first of all, I think I can send you a link. So if you actually know me personally and like, or you have me on social media or anything like that, hit me up, send me a message, and I'll send you a referral or whatever. And I think I can get some free premium time on Duolingo, which is actually pretty dope too, because then you don't run out of lives. It's just, you know, you keep learning. Well, then um, send me a link. I will, I will, I will do that. But then also, um, I'm going to lose my train of thought. I wanna, what the fuck is, oh, pro, this is where I was going with that. Pro tip, uh, if you have the free version of Duolingo and you're messing with the app, you can start with like the lessons, which is where you'll lose lives if you mess up like some sort of, you know, uh, translation or whatever. But if you go to the next tab over from the lessons, there's a learn the letters section. And so if you're not familiar with the app alphabet of the language, you can start learning the alphabet without any need to use lives. So if you're like, oh, dang, I'm not done learning. I want to learn more language. You start learning the letters and right. it's like, it's essentially a free way to continue learning without having to you know, get stopped or watch ads or anything like that. And they actually do talk about certain words in there too. It's not just the letters. So pro tip. Well, I'm going to have you send me that. I don't know if I'm going to pick Russian. I feel like I'm copying at that point. You don't have to. There's, I feel like I might be like- so many languages. I don't even know what I'd want to learn. I kind of want to learn like, like Mandarin Chinese. I think that'd be cool. So I think uh, it is pretty well known too that Mandarin is actually one of the hardest languages to learn except, or, you know, beside English. Because English is fucking weird and everybody hates it. I thought I, I thought it was the opposite. I thought Chinese was easy to learn. No, I don't think so. I'm also not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, so. Duolingo, blah, blah, blah. 19 languages. Nice on Duolingo and you can pick any of them. And there's some of them like are super weird, like, uh, you know, not not necessarily weird, just like rare languages like Navajo mm-hmm. and Latin, shit like that you can still learn on there. Yeah, I only, re- I've heard, like heard of Duolingo forever. Like I've seen the commercials, I've seen the ads, but um, through my employer, sometimes students or people have to submit um, like proof of proficiency in a language. And we very recently just started accepting Duolingo's like certificate of really fluency um nice. which is it's really cool it's it's very kind of as you said like you don't have to really spend a whole lot of money on it and for some of the other english proficiency tests you do so this yeah. is a great alternative for a lot of people yeah and honestly i think that was my biggest deterrent prior to this because i'd also seen some advertisements and everything like that and then uh, I, I think i just didn't realize that it was free yeah that was kind I didn't of the either. deterrent for me is i didn't realize that it is it is completely free when you told me that no right now like when you were talking about this on the podcast was the first time that i heard yeah, that Duolingo what, was free. i feel like it maybe it's just not advertised or maybe i'm just not paying attention because i didn't think about like yeah. the priority of learning language when i was listening to ads i don't know but 
it is free and there's no stoppage to like where they'll let you get to in the language it's you can keep progressing through all the lessons at the free rate you just have to watch ads so i mean and do the live thing also i just looked it up and there's a little blurb here at the top of the google search and it says interestingly the hardest language to learn is also the most widely spoken native language in the world which is mandarin chinese so good luck i wish you well all right maybe i'll start with something easier i'll uh i'll learn like french or something i don't know amelie du fromage that much i get (laughs) and then i know how to say a very dirty sentence in spanish i know or not spanish in french i think that's all i know from french i took like um when i was in seventh grade they made us take like immersion like you know rapid uh short duration immersions into languages Mm -hmm. which i think it was only like three or four weeks it wasn't like a full semester or like a quarter or anything like that you just took a few weeks intro because then the next year i think you're eligible to start like enrolling in full-time into a language so they mm-hmm. just wanted to you know give you which is actually really smart yeah. I give the credit school a lot of credit for doing that to let you you know try out different things and see where you want to go with it uh the school doesn't exist anymore so all right <laughs> sorry please. sorry uh but anyway i took mandarin actually was one of the ones that i took uh and then for this immersion mandarin and then french and those that's really i can remember like ni hao and adutua <laughs> so I, the the sentence I know how to say in French is voulez-vous coucher avec moi s'il vous plaît, which yeah. is essentially like will you go to bed with me? Will you have sex mm-hmm. with me? That's what I got. That and omelette du fromage, I, and then like, you know, like Champagne, Versailles. Like I know how to say like French cities or French regions. Like I, <laughs> I understand the pronunciation of the language, like moi. Like, like I know again very rudimentary levels of a lot of languages. Yeah, I know how to the swear int- in a lot of languages. That's cool. The interesting thing that I still haven't figured it out, which is I, uh, part of the reason I think that I, I'm not learning how to like speak the language necessarily as much as I am understanding it right now, is that like with Carly when she's doing Spanish, they have a, a, a voice recognition thing, right? So they'll they'll top, or pop up a phrase on on the app, and then she has to say it into her mm-hmm. phone, right, and say like you know Kiro Taco Bell, for example, and like it'll be like, yes, he's pronounced that correctly, right? So it actually tests pronunciation as well. But I haven't seen that on for Russian yet, so I'm not sure if it just doesn't do that for that language or if it's something that I'm just missing out. I don't know. Yeah, uh, in Russian, I know how to say Strasvutsia, uh, which is like, I think it's like, hello. I don't know. No. I used to know uh, Bert Kreischer does a bit where he went to Russia. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he—that's like his most famous bit. Yeah, um, and in there he said a, a Russian sentence, and I've listened to the bit so many times that for a while I was able to do it, but it's been a while, so yeah. The rest of that yeah. has kind of slipped my. That memory, was a really but, good bit too. That was fun. But yeah, it's—I think learning a language would be so cool, and I've just never put in the effort to do it because of how bad my experience was with Spanish in high school. Duolingo and, really should sponsor me for doing this because I'm about to just praise them a little bit more, and I think that's one of the beneficial things about their app is that their lessons, their like each lesson or you know each segment of a lesson is literally like five minutes. So you go through five minutes of here's a few phrases. It teaches you while you're also testing you, right? So it'll say something that you don't understand, and you'll just click the word and it'll tell you what it means. So your first like exposure to a phrase is you like looking at what the individual words mean, but they don't mm. tell you one word at a time, they give you a phrase and then they explain what the phrase means, right? right. You, you, you interpret the, the words from there and then you build off of that and then they start testing you or your memory of that and then they get to the point where you're, they won't let you click the word to get the meaning anymore. You just, you're tested on that, right? But each lesson is so short and it's very user-friendly. The machine, yes, that yes. is the, the bit. That's a good bit. That is the bit. It's not his best bit in my opinion. <clears throat> that may, maybe that's a hot take. I think a lot of people think he peaked with the machine and has kind of gone downhill since. <laughs> 
there's a in one of his specials he's got a joke about a, uh, his daughter and a bag of like microwavable rice and even just thinking about it right now i'm having a hard time not like stomach laughing because to me i don't know why maybe the first time i watched it it was like two in the morning and i was just like so slap happy but that joke just forever makes me giggle like a schoolgirl. dude i don't know what it is but it's been a long time like short of that bit and maybe you know some some kevin hart early kevin hart stuff i don't feel like i've watched a lot of stand-up from home right like on netflix or whatever mm. and and really like rolled laughing i've seen a lot of like really like the old like bill burr stuff was all really good and i would yeah. die laughing at all that shit and i just now i'm like i don't know i just i haven't seen one that really really got me going and yeah which is funny because we went and saw we did like right pre-covid or maybe it was like right when we thought covid was going away i can't remember we went to the laugh house uh mm. in tucson and it was actually really fucking funny but I feel like if I would have watched it from home, I, I would have thought the same thing. I'd have been like, eh, whatever. You know, I think part of the experience is being there. Right. You know? Yeah. But it, it was, and the sad thing was, is the there was two openers and one headliner or whatever for the show, right? Mm-hmm. And the headliner was fucking terrible. He was, I would literally was almost falling asleep in my seat and I was so ready to get up and walk out. The two fucking openers were so funny. We had a, we had a good time there. I had a, a pretty good laugh. It'd be that way. Sometimes comedians just bomb. Like some, well, also too, like, some of the funniest people that I know are not comedians. Like, sure. Like, in the sense of they tell jokes, but the way that they do it is like the the funniest human being that I've ever met was this kid Austin that I went to high school, and just like his presence like made you laugh. And he was like, there was so many kids in high school that were trying to be funny. Yeah. By like, just doing dumb dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And he would, but he would also do dumb shit, but like in a respectful way that was hilarious. And then like, he's, he's dabbled in stand up comedy, done like open mics and stuff like that. And yeah. some of the jokes that he come up with, like, are like absolutely hilarious. And I think there's so many, like, there's so many people who could be that level of funny that it, but it, that's why it also doesn't surprise me when the funniest of people bomb, like when like true, like professional yeah. comedians bomb, because it's just like comedy really is so subjective speaking of bombing have you seen kevin hart's new show on netflix and i'm gonna blank on what it's called now uh true story have you seen true story yes i've seen stupid i i didn't hate it dude it was recommended to me by somebody and they were like it's so good you gotta watch it and i was like okay then uh i downloaded it on my phone and i would watch episodes of it and i watched the first episode and i was like "Ah, it might be kind of corny and then i watched the second episode i was like fuck this is going to be corny and then i made it into the third episode and i just i've never watched it again since and it's so bad i think i got through i think it's 10 i think it's like a 10 episode miniseries and i think i got to like episode seven or eight i don't know jess was watching it and i kind of just like because she was watching it i ended up watching it with her yeah like that kind of thing it wasn't terrible like it's not what you would expect it to be i did rewatch the punisher as well which was 10 out of 10 recommend so good that series i am so mad that it stopped but I'm actually, I should be glad because they stopped on a, at a place where it was, you know, they didn't try to drag it out. So I should give them some credit. It was a good series. I would like to say that in my time off of work, I did something productive, but I didn't. We're not even done yet. I've talked about one thing. Jesus Christ. I have Christ. so much productivity. All right. I well, I bought a house and I, <laughs> I've like, 
I would comfortably say at this point we're probably like fifty four percent moved in. Yep. And even that is like I don't know if I can really count that because there's like I don't know if you can count like the long term plans that we have for the house. As, yeah. I wouldn't. No. But like once short... your shits in the house, you're moved in. Yeah. So then we're probably at like sixty two percent. Like most me, right? of like, our shit is in the house, but it's not put away yet. Dude, we were moved into my house without unpacking for like fucking two years. Yeah. We won't make we it had, that long. We had I won't let it happen. Up until it became necessary. We literally had one room that was full of boxes for years. Because we just didn't want to deal with it. Yes, David, I am finally at the new house and I totally get that because that's how we were. That that's part of what made moving from our apartment to our house so easy is I just in my closet I had just boxes of shit that I never unpacked. Yeah. I would like go into the boxes when I absolutely needed something out of it, but we also like we're we've been very conscientious and because we still have our apartment for an indeterminate amount of time, like stuff that we're either getting wow. rid of because it's it was tied to Jess's job. Oh, that's right. I and she and she's still fucking painful. Yeah, no, and not paying for it. It was tied to her job. And since she's still in that role, we still have the apartment um, as we need it. So we're keeping like anything that we're selling and anything that we didn't want to bring to the house is kind of just staying there for now. That makes sense. Um, And then, so we're only, we only brought the stuff that we had, but man, moving reminded me why I hate moving. Yep. I have been in physical, I have been in physical pain since Monday when we moved. My back still hurts. And I like to think that I'm in pretty good shape. I like to think that I work out a lot, right? But it doesn't prepare you for slipping on your new floors at your house. I have this nice, I won't say super nice. It's it's LVP. It's luxury vinyl flooring. Um, It's called luxury. It's not really luxury. It's cheaper than wood. It's vinyl still. But everybody knows what vinyl is. Yeah, it's very very slippery when you get when it gets wet. And so when you're moving into your house after it's been snowing and kind of melting, you just end up with like wet floors. Yeah. And then you carry a couch through a doorway and you like slip and almost drop a couch on yourself and blow a groin at the same time. But you catch yourself, but you catch yourself with all lower back and you struggle for about a week or so afterwards. You made me think of two things in saying that. One of them is I still, now that I've left the Midwest, I have no idea how people do it. It is 72 degrees in my house, and I'm wearing sweatpants. I'm fucking cold. My house is 64 degrees, and it's hot. See, like, that's our house I don't is know how warm. I, I can't stand it anymore. Like, I, if, I, if it wasn't for Christmas, I would never go home ever again when it's cold. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't mind the cold. I, like, I, would, prefer, I would rather be like, too cold than too hot, but also... Yeah, I'm not happy. I'm not, I won't say I'm unhappy. I love our house. I love like the, the fact that we were able to buy a house as, as quickly and as randomly as we ended up yeah. doing. But also like, I would love to live somewhere like you and live somewhere warm. Yeah, for the record, my heat's not on. My heat is My on. house is not being heated. So my, not, it's not like I'm setting my temperature to something warm. My heat is very much on and it's at 64 and my house last night was a sauna. But it was also like, that's the downside of like Illinois winter is 
when it's two degrees outside, even setting your thermostat at 64 degrees, it's just constantly pumping hot air yeah. to get there. So when you're in a room with a closed door, if you're like Jess and I, and you have three dogs in the room with you, like it's just gonna get hot. I feel so, like if I remember right too, when we lived in Iowa, that's what we would always set our house to is like 65 or something like that. Yeah, like that's warm enough. It feels warm when you're in the middle of a fucking freezing cold winter, but now I'm here and it's hot all the fucking time. And then it gets to 65, 70 degrees outside and I freeze. Uncle Kyle points out in the chat, he will never not pay someone else to move my shit. And you know what? I am with you on that. I will, when I rent the U-Haul from now on, I will pay the hundred dollars at the loading spot and the drop off spot to have somebody come do that for me. Because, well, one, I had my brother Logan help me with it. And even he was like, after we were done, he was like, I will give you half of whatever it costs to have someone else do this so I don't have to. I will say this. I agree with him. And I am going to buy a new Nest thermostat at my new house, by the way. Uh, I asked for that for Christmas and said I got a gift card, so I'm just going to buy it when I get out there. But anyway, uh, I have to move for work. It is a fact for me. I've moved three, three times, three times for work now. Mm-hmm. I'm about to move a fourth. First time, no problems. Second time, they broke all of my shit. If they didn't break it, they stole it. All of my N64 games were stolen, and I remember everything else was that. broken. I had like random Xbox things stolen, and so I've seen the good and the bads of paying somebody to do it, which is why this next time I do it. I am going to uh, just do it. I'm going to essentially do it myself. We're thinking about doing like pods or something like that. You know, you're going to fly Dane and I out and we'll help you move in. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are going to love to do that. It's funny too, because my, my mom shout out to her for being just a person that wants to be helpful because my mom texted me and was like, you know, I could come out and help you move if you want. I was like, yeah, said nobody fucking ever. Nobody wants to do that. But Hey, if you want to come on out. Yes, it is heartbreaking. They literally stole every Mario Zelda, everything that i had for n64 and it was depressing as shit um so and also when i said that when i tried to like claim it for through the moving company they were like well the box arrived at your house so all the contents must have gotten there i was like that is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life you guys stole my shit and you can eat a dick you're like that's but not how that works i got screwed and that's that's all there is to it uh so yes pay somebody to do it but do your research and get somebody that has some really good reviews or something if you're going to pay independently. Well, and that's the nice thing about U-Haul is they vet all of the people, at least from my understanding, they vet the people who can you can like rent to help you move. So it, yeah. and it, it helps Supposedly too. These guys did too, but whatever. Yeah. We, we also don't have a ton of stuff. Like literally like we have three things, four things that I would call heavy. And the send me rest the link of it, to this house. You've sent it to me already once, right? Yeah. Send it to me again. I want to look at it again. I will. Um, I can also just, after this is done, I can just pop on FaceTime. I'll walk you through the house real quick. That works too. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's enough space. It's probably realistically like less space than our apartment was, but it's much more functional than our apartment was. We do not. It's like the downside. What are you, a non-Midwesterner? Uh, no. Where are you going to hide when the tornadoes come? Uh, in my shed. 
that I'm getting rid of. Is it a she shed? Make it a she shed, please. It's too small to like functionally use as something, yeah. or I would. Yeah. Um, but it's also like it's on an easement, like the so our fence is uh, a county easement. Um, so the shed, it's just like a tin shed that's on like a cup, like some wood, like a wood base. And we have really no use for it. Like we had one of those in our rental house in Waterloo and we just let stray cats live in there and we fed them. Yeah. I've left the door open. Like if something wants to live in there, it can. The only thing that's sitting in there is like the leftover tile from when the previous owners redid the basement or not the basement, the bathroom. Like that's the only thing that's in there. It's been open. If something wants to live in there, go for it. Yours now. We're going to take it down and sell it eventually. We also like, we had a flagpole in our front yard. I ripped that sucker out of the ground already. I was like, there's no need for it. We don't want it. We have long-term plans of how we want the house to look. It, it, it was one of those things where it's like the inside was really nice and the outside like needed some work. And we were just like, well, we live on the inside. We don't live on the outside of the house. Dan and I both tried to convince Jake that his long-term should plan, plan should be to buy a house near us because my next move will put me a lot closer to Dane. Uh, but Jake said, so. Hey, you said long-term. He said he wanted to stay in the winter wonderland forever. This ain't going to be, this is not, I'll say it right now. This is not my forever home. Yeah. Like, I will your, buy your first one probably shouldn't be in my opinion yeah and we got a good deal on the house we bought it a lot quicker than we expected to buy a house so like there was a lot of things that just kind of fell into place pretty quickly i do i don't want it to be like the american dad house i'm sorry um but you know it's still a really great house it's a great first house it's in a, it's in the location that we wanted it to be in which was really great because there's one specific town that we wanted to live in, and that town is pretty expensive comparatively. Um, and the uh, the issue with a lot of the towns around that town were that they have animal limits. You can only have X amount of animals. You know, like in both towns that essentially surround it, you can only have you can have four animals, but it can only be like two dogs, two cats. That's and the town's limitation, or is that the like an HOA? No, it's the town. Like the whole the, the actual city's rules on it. Um, That's weird. So where we live, we're technically addressed to one of those towns, but we're in an unincorporated area. So we actually go by county ordinances and the county has no limits. As long as you get them, as long as they have rabies tags, you're good. Yeah. So we, it was in the, it was in a location that worked really, really well for us. It's surrounded by everything. It was affordable yet still in like a growing neighborhood. Like the house when from when we bought it, from when the previous owners bought it to now, it's been almost like a 150% increase in value. You have to take that with a grain of salt, though, because the market's gone fucking nuts in the last two years. So I would expect some sort of a correction there. But Yes, but also, if based off of the research that we've done, comparatively, we still got a really good deal on the neighbor. On, like, sure. for comps in the neighborhood, we are under, like, we're like 30,000 under comp. I'm just saying, like, I would be careful evaluating your house as if it's going to continue to progress at that value. That's Depends on who you talk to. Yeah, I guess. Like, Some my people... house is absurdly overvalued right now. Yeah. I have no doubt about it. Oh, 100%. My house has gone up six figures since I bought it three, four years ago. But even just, like, like just j- like looking general rule of, tub, rule of thumb type of things, like... Tub. tub. Rule of tub. Tupperware? That's a that's a joke that maybe some people get or may, maybe some people don't. Like generally speaking, we got a really good deal for the town we live in and the amount of 
land that we have and the amount of space that we have. Yeah. Even pre spike in everything. Sure. Like pre pandemic housing, it was having some some well, I guess I shouldn't say I miss. I like I grew up with like a pretty large yard and I would say that I, that's one thing that I miss. We don't have a huge yard. We have enough yard. But there's benefits to where we live too. Like there's a community pool literally yeah. outside of our backyard. Yeah. There's huge walking trails. There's ponds if we want to go fishing. There's multiple nice. parks in our neighborhood. And also like think of a restaurant. But we're within five minutes of it. Think of a store, like a, a chain store. We're within five minutes. Of, like it's literally prime for everything we could want it to be. Yeah. And that's literally the only reason that we even bought a house. Yeah. We looked at one other house. It was a, a pure fixer upper. It was listed at an okay price, but a price that we weren't comfortable paying given that it was like a foreclosure auction property. Yeah. And it ended up even selling for over what we thought it would. It was in a little bit of a more preferred area, but there was so much weird with the house. Like it was a two car garage, but half of the second car garage was blocked off by an addition to the closet that somebody did in the master bedroom. Plus the floors were warped, the ceilings were warped. It was just like, you could tell that somebody bought the house, started to renovate it, realized it was too much work and was just yeah. trying to get out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so that was the only reason we even like went through the pre-approval process and everything. And then we saw this house come onto market. And like I said, it was where we wanted it to be for the most part. It had like, we were good with the dogs and everything. And we came and looked at it. We really, really liked it. We offered under what they were asking, which they had already lowered from their yeah. original list price. So we, the market we, must be correcting a little bit already then, because I think it might be different here now, but I know for a while here, <clears throat> excuse me here. And then I had some friends that were moving recently out of this area. They had to put in bids for houses like 20, 30, 40, $50,000 over asked oh, yeah. the house, which is ridiculous. Well, that honestly and... still terrifies me for my next move because I know that a, I'm going to have to sell this house. And I think that I'm going to make some money off of it, which is a good deal. But my next house is probably going to be way overvalued. And that terrifies me. Yeah. It's definitely going to be overvalued, especially where you're moving to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I lost my train of thought on that. What were we talking about before you talked about the value of your house? I don't fucking know, man. I'm spaced out all the time. Anyway, True. Uh, in this intermediate gap that you're thinking about what you were thinking about, uh, the one thing that I was going to say earlier, too, because you were talking about vinyl floors is while I was gone for work, my boss started watching HGTV all the time in, like, our workspace. And so I watched, like, I bet I watched, like, 100 hours of HGTV while I was gone. Perfect. <laughs> so, I'm going to fly like you out here. On, on fucking I'm going to fly you out here to work on the few things that need work on this house. As, it's funny because I told Carly the same thing when I got home. And she's like, oh, so you're going to start doing house projects? I was like, no, I, I still know that I can't, but I think that I can in my head somehow. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how it's been yeah. in, I'm sure, most parts of the country right now. But yeah, definitely some places. Like I had a buddy that moved out east and same concept. He had to pay just way over asking. It was stupid as fuck. We got um, under like little over 20k under ask is yeah, what we awesome. ended up and and that was the only reason we even did it we made an offer and we we offered low thinking they would come to the number hoping they would come to a higher number and then they would settle on what we ended up buying it at and they just straight up came to our offer they said this is the absolute lowest we'll go will you do it yeah and it was the number that we wanted to pay anyway yeah and nice 
bought a house. Didn't get to move into it for three weeks after I bought it, but that's a whole nother story for Dude, that's day. another crazy thing though about houses right now too. People will sell houses knowing that they're not gonna move and they'll write in like stipulations into the contract for buying the house that that person is going to live in that house after you've bought it for like months. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there's crazy shit in the housing market right now. It's, it's absurd. I appreciate that, Uncle Kyle. I, I will always appreciate the hookup. I'm using a couple. I got an electrician hookup that I'm giving a call soon, uh, a carpentry hookup that I'm giving a call soon. My buddy uh, wor- used to be a union painter. He's going to come help me out with a few rooms. So I will take all of the hookups. 6.7. It's not 6.7. bad. It's pretty good. It didn't, uh, didn't skunk out too bad in the three no, months of sitting in a fridge good. no yeah it's, it's not bad i was happy with it my next beer is going to be clown shoes pecan pie porter which jake has told me that he has had before so we'll see how this goes i've had several of the clown shoes ones and i i always forget because like i think they do a good job of just making the can look appealing and then yeah. every time i taste them i feel like they're disappointing but i can't remember if that's true or not i appreciate jack of all trades as well uncle kyle so definitely send me their info i'll, I'll definitely look into that um, you've you've drank one other clown shoes beer on I've the podcast. I've had more outside the podcast, though. So, yeah, yeah uh, on the podcast, you gave it a five. We weren't a huge fan, so it wasn't good. Yeah, it was pineapple spice cake. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, this one is a eight uh, percent though, and my last one was seven. So, and this is a tall boy, so this will be the one that probably fucks me up. I'm basically done with mine, so I will give it a rating as well. It's going to get a 9.1 from Jake. Highest rated. Oh, that's on the, awesome. It is not as good as the original. The bourbon barrel age does add a different flavor to it, and it does, it's does. it got a different flavor profile, but just the flavor profile of the original, I just am absolutely in love with, and that is, it, that is a 10. Like, I say 10s don't exist. That beer is a 10 to me. And I hope they bring it back again, because while this is very, very good, the original Pancake Robots is that much better. On my list of post-COVID trips, we really have to get you and Dane out to Belching Beaver with me because it is so fucking good. I really want you guys to try that. And I'm Bro, sure you guys would just love San Diego too. But. I know for a fact that I would love San Diego. I've always wanted to visit there. San Diego is a lot of fun. And Carly loves it, so I'll go pretty much anytime. All right. We'll talk Dane out of this expensive Mexico trip he wants to plan. And we'll go to. Dude, I wish I could go to that. I really wish. I I, honestly do too. Like it'd be like especially because Jess and I have been trying to go out of the country for like, since we got married now, and it's just been so difficult with like COVID, and then like, when we had like, it was COVID, and then we had to save money for the wedding, and then after the wedding we had to save money for the house, and then we bought the house, and then we weren't planning to buy the house yet. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just been a whole lot of levels of things, and it'd be great, but also like. We could much more cost-effectively do San Diego, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as you book in advance, like you know you're going to be out there, it's not that bad. If you try to do it last minute, it is very expensive. I All right, let me... from experience. Let me introduce my second beer here. Um, it is Untitled Arts Cinnamon Roll Gold Stout. It is stout with natural flavors. It's very stout. descriptive. Um, it is 8% alcohol. For reference, the first one that I had is... 14%. 14%? Is that yeah. Is that what you just said? Holy yes, shit. Yes, sir. I'm feeling pretty good. I guess you will, yeah. All right. Well, while Jake pours that, I will move on to the second part of this conversation. Uh, oh, stuck in... Was he... 
how was his quarantine in Jamaica would be my question. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. But also, like, that's why, that's why Jess and I ultimately decided not to go to Mexico last, like, essentially, like, last September is we had the opportunity to go. The actual resort that we would have been staying at was going to be free, but it was very much, like, you needed the COVID test to come home, and neither of us could have, like, had the time off to take extended time off if we got yeah. stuck there. yeah don't work at the time didn't work remote jobs and like in mexico like your american health insurance doesn't help you so you're paying up to like 250 bucks for a covid test is it really that expensive unless you do it at the airport and if you're doing it at the airport you risk like it's just a longer period of time as opposed to it basically when we looked it was like anywhere you know you could find them as cheap as 90 or as expensive as 250 depending on where you were dang that's crazy see and so i gotta remember too that we have a different audience other than youtube so i should probably say what these comments are that i'm responding to so uncle kyle says her and her daughter just stay at the resort which could have been fine but if they were like confined to their room stay at the resort type of thing that was probably still pretty shitty yeah well that's uh, yeah i don't know that's my understanding of kind of how it goes like i know people who have gone to uh, I got a buddy who plays professional soccer in Australia. And when he went back there, I know he had to quarantine. Yeah. And it was just like literally sitting in a hotel for 14 days. All right. It's fine. I'm going to transition. They give you all Move, the food. Moving. That's all right. Yeah. Well, not always. I've heard of people having to quarantine. And they only get like two meals a day and like oh. have to figure out a way to get their third or whatever. I don't know. He got Things three. can be shitty. But anyway, the other thing that I've been spending time and productivity in my time off of work is I, uh, I've dabbled quite a bit in like C++ for a programming language. I've done a little bit of MATLAB and C Sharp, and that was it up to this point. And I've, uh, I haven't ever done anything really extensively with them. I've just kind of learned, you know, the basic functionality of those languages. Well, I decided that I wanted to learn a different one and get something else into my repertoire uh, during this time off as well. So I started using Code Academy. Again, not sponsored. They're not paying me to say this. Uh, and I think Code Academy is actually pretty decent too. The, the problem, the biggest problem for them is that there is a lot of pay blocks in order to use Code Academy. So like if you want to learn Python, which is what I'm trying to learn right now, Python 2 is free on Code Academy, but it is an outdated language, right? So if you want Python 3, you have to pay. And the thing that I am annoyed with about that is they offer a week-long free trial, right? And so I was like, fuck it, I'll use the week. And I could probably get done with most of the basic tutorial stuff of Python in a week, especially since I'm not working. And so I tried to get the free trial week. And when I did it, I found a coupon code because you have to give me your credit card information in order to start the free trial just so they can automatically start billing you at the right. conclusion of the free, just like everybody else, right? Yeah. But the coupon code, every time I'd enter the coupon code and then enter my credit card information, it was like, please contact your bank or if this issue persists, can't process charge or something like that, right? And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, you know what? I bet these bastards are so fucking stuck up about this coupon code that if I get rid of the coupon code, that my charge is going to go through. Sure as shit, I delete the coupon code and I fucking hit submit. It goes, goes through right, through. right away. Like, you yep. motherfuckers. And so Code Academy, not that you're ever going to hear this podcast or know that I'm talking shit about you, you can kind of go fuck yourself for that one because that is totally bullshit. I was pretty pissed about that. But you know that shit's say, on purpose. Yeah, oh, 100%. It absolutely was. But the software itself is pretty awesome, I will say. I, I think they do a pretty good job of teaching basics of a language in an interface that works. 
Um, and it's an on it's it, it's essentially a web-based IDE, right? And you can uh, you there's the instructions on one side and the IDE on the other side, and you just type code and it outputs and it teaches you how to do it. And I think Python's pretty user friendly, so I've spent quite a bit of time now dabbling in Python as well, which has been fun. I in the past like five ish years ago dabbled very very briefly in trying to teach myself code got very frustrated quit yeah. but i've been I, I see a lot of benefit to one knowing how to do it it opens up a lot of career opportunities for you yeah, but even absolutely. just like for general like knowledge purposes like i do like to continually try and teach myself how to do new things or learn new things and code is one of those things where it's like i feel like my adhd brain would get it if i really like dove into it and so there's been a few that I've considered teaching myself, like R, which is like regression modeling and regression coding. I think it's on Code Academy now. Send me a link, my guy. You might have to get the premium trial though for for R. Would be my guess. I think modern languages require like a pay block. To be fair, I think I could spend that as a work expense. That'd be dope. I think I could probably spend Duolingo as a work expense. Work yeah. expense too. I work with a lot of international people. It is a pretty user friendly interface. I will say that is my one compliment to Code Academy. Is I think that it's yeah. It's usable for sure. There's also like a coding, it, it, as I was talking about, living within five minutes of everything. There's like a coding school, not too far away from where I live, where not only will they like, you can hire them to do your code for you, but you can also hire them to teach you code. Yeah. C Sharp is by far the hardest language I've ever tried to even learn because of all the memory management, manual memory management that you have to do. And that language fucking blows. If well, I never then, had to use it again in my life, that'd be great. Maybe that was my problem because that's what I tried to like start off teaching myself. So hard. Yeah, that, that was the first language that I, I was learning was C Sharp. And then I went from there to C++. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit better. And so I spent a lot of time with C++ and messing with that. And it was pretty fine. Uh, and then after that, I, had a, I, I was in a master's class and I specifically had to do some work with MATLAB. I was like, I wonder what this is similar to, because this is pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And then I looked it up and a lot of people compared. Don't judge me on this comparison. This is just what I saw on the internet. A lot of people said Python was very similar to MATLAB. And I think outside of MATLAB software itself, MATLAB language isn't very user, you know, it's not usable. You don't really have any you know, right. use case for it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go to Python from there. And I think it's been pretty easy so far. I've liked Python. I th really, the only code that I'm like, I wouldn't even say competent, but like that I have used to some extent has been HTML. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like HTML is probably pretty fucking easy. And I think that's what a lot of us like learned passively with like, yeah. you know, original versions of like MySpace and shit like that. But then I think about it and I was like, I have no fucking idea what's going on with HTML. I'd have to completely relearn that language for sure. I only even learned it because uh, for my internship, we used it to update like flyers and the website that we used. It was sure. just a very base level. A guy who barely knew anything about computers taught himself how to build a website and backtrace it with HTML. Like it was very, very basic and very rudimentary, but I don't know. I feel like, especially like I'll talk about it since I'm uh, anybody who's watching us live may, and, and has previously watched our episodes may notice that I have a different Twitter handle. I was just than I previously had. That. Um, I have switched my Twitter account. Um, it, I mostly talk about fantasy football, but I've kind of made like a personal account and that's going to be the account that's like mostly just like super close friends and family, just like a little, you know, little fun here and there to talk with them. But 
my main account has kind of been switched over to a predominantly fantasy football focused account. That's mostly what I tweeted about anyway. I write for a fantasy football website, JWB Fantasy Football. Make sure you check us out. Um, and, you know, most of my interactions isn't being due to fantasy football, but um, our coding, regression coding, is used in a lot of the analysis space um, to kind of evaluate previous indicators of success and how those can be used to predict success for players going forward. And there's a lot of people who are very deep into the fantasy football scene who like use R very, very heavily. And they even teach courses for a very affordable price. Uh, shout out Josh Larkey of Player Profiler, um, who like teach R and teach the way that you can use R. And honestly, there's a lot of ways to break into the fantasy football and analytics space using R. And that's one of the main reasons I want to learn it is it's just like, it's a use case where I may never professionally use it, but even if I can use it for my hobby, like that'd be cool. Like I have a model that I use to, to try and predict success. It's very basic Excel level equations and whatnot. And I think if I learned like a true coding language, like, I feel like I'd be much more effective at the level that I want to be at. It's crazy how much you can do with even like basic coding. Like it's pretty incredible. Just the, you know, very simplistic, you know, caveat, but you can make some pretty cool stuff, even at the very simple level with some basic loop string number yeah. manipulation type, you know, functionality of coding. Yeah. My extent of coding is like, if then level coding. It's conditional statements, man. It's not, that's not hard. It's, it's good stuff. That's my point. It's not hard. It's not but good. That's useful though. Yeah, it it's is. It's useful, yeah. but it's not good. Conditional statements are one of the foundations of coding. I feel like you had a professor who told you that. I think I saw that on uh, whatever, the Code Academy, actually. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Let's see. Uh, have I done anything else productive while uh, off work? No played a lot of apex but that's not even true because i didn't have my computer for like three weeks he timed it up perfectly where he didn't have his computer as soon as i got home and i was ready to start fucking playing games yeah it was so uh, i guess i'll go into this so we bought the house right our original closing date was january 10th our financials were apparently very easy to understand and had very few issues with them thanks dave that's my dad one thing he ever taught me was just keep your money in order um, so it made closing on our house a lot quicker than originally planned. So we ended up closing, uh, in late December, the day after we started, we closed, I started showing symptoms of what I believe to have been COVID. I never tested positive for it, but was around four people who tested positive for it and had all of the exact symptoms that they had. So I think there's no way that I didn't have COVID. I think I just, you know, with Omicron, they've talked about how there's weird like testing windows. And I think I was just kind of a victim to that. Just hit the tests at the wrong times. I don't know. Maybe I didn't have COVID. I really feel like I had COVID. But that delayed us moving in by 10 days. And we allowed some of our family to stay here for the time being. They were visiting um, and kind of just needed a place to stay. So we were letting them stay at the house. Um, and then one of them tested positive for COVID. 
So that delayed the move in even 10 days more after that. But in the middle of all of that, before they moved in, I moved my computer over here thinking we were gonna move in that day. And then, long story short, I went three weeks without my computer. I lost my mind. I went insane. I'm like sitting at home. Thankfully, I had a computer at home still. We run our, our TV system off of a computer, um, an HTPC for those who are into the lingo. Um, but you know, we run our TV off of that. So at least I had a computer that I could use for like watching Netflix and YouTube and, and all of that fun stuff, but it's very outdated. It couldn't run any games at a high, at a high enough level to satisfy me, even if I wanted to, um, you would so, build a better HTPC. Hey man, that's a home theater PC, by the way. Yes. If there were parts in stock somewhere. True. Get on Newegg Shuffle. Shout out to Newegg Shuffle. That's oh, that's what I can talk about too. Bro, later. I have been every day, every single day. Every time there's a 3070 or 3070 Ti, Jake is putting his hat in the basket. So it's kind of funny too because I was talking to this guy that I work with, and I was like, "Yeah, parts." Because I overheard him talking to somebody else actually about the scarcity of parts and all that shit. And I was like, "Oh man, you need to get on the Newegg Shuffle." And he's like, dude, I've been doing New Egg Shuffle for three months. And I was like, oh, that's crazy, dude. I entered my name into New Egg Shuffle one time. Once. Bro, it's... And I got picked up for New do Egg you, Shuffle. Do you have a New Egg account? Like, did you have yeah. a New Egg account before? Yeah. Okay. There goes my theory. I was like, I feel like people who make a New Egg account for New Egg Shuffle have a better chance of... No, I bought shit on New Egg a lot. Now that I think about that, I knew that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I don't... Every day, like every day that there is, even on days where there's not anything I need, like I'm putting my name in there just to continually be in there. Yeah, I, uh, I've i thought about throwing my name down there for like PS5 bundles every once in a while. That's I, what I I've been doing on the... So I don't. I, I want a PS5, but I don't need a PS5. If I lucked into one through New Age Shuffle, cool. But that's <sighs> never just, what I'm like going for with New Age Shuffle. It's not an expense that I need to spend. That being said, though, if anybody wants to purchase a 2060, hit me up. I sold my CPU already. I might have somebody for the motherboard, but my GPU, I've had two people ghost me now in the sale. So, Shit, I might hit you up about it. Not for this, but for the HTPC. Cut your, cut your boy a deal. Well, 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 great, maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. I trust me. I would love to improve my HTPC and my my everyday PC. But I need those parts to come back in stock. Supposedly, things are going to start. Rumors of twenty twenty three now. So, you told me that the other day, and I was like, well, I don't know about that. I've heard twenty twenty three. It might get pushed into now. I've heard it very. I I know a guy. Supposedly, a certain company who makes certain equipment that are graphics cards. Did no, Jack talk to you? It's not okay. Jack. I actually. <laughs> It's the company that Jack has a connection to. Oh, sure, yeah. But I have other connections to them. Gotcha. Um, and they have hinted that things are ramping up in a productive way Be good. because a lot of countries are just kind of saying, whatever happens, happens at this point. It's not um, even that, too. Part of the problem or part of the benefit for the average consumer, I guess, is a lot of the, you know, a lot of other countries are shutting down Bitcoin mining now or crypto mm -hmm. mining in general. So you're going to see probably a increase in availability due to that yeah that's part of it but it's also it, it's a combination of things but you know there's inklings that things are going to get better there's inklings that things are going to get worse so we continue to just wait and see 
Um, I'm gonna keep trying the Best Buy glitch every time they tell me they're back in stock or not in stock. Um, I thought about building an app for that, by the way. I mean, there's kind of, I got a Twitter account that tells me. I thought about building an app though, uh, just for myself, uh, that would scan for products that I want and just immediately alert me that they're in stock. All right, if you know how to build apps, I got a couple business ideas to, to pitch after this uh, podcast goes on. But yeah, um, yeah, just back to the original point. Really haven't done a whole lot with the time off of work. Really <laughs> used it to reset uh, and not even reset productively, just reset. I've got one last thing. Of course you do. Just keep well, making us all feel like bad, me. Kyle. Dude, I, I felt... It's funny because in, in the middle of every single day, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like I'm bored and I'm not doing anything, especially while Carly's working. I'm just sitting there fucking twiddling my thumbs and I'll text play 40 me. hours of The Witcher. Just text me. I mean, I could do that. But I also have done some valuable things like I've talked about. It's not like I'm spending 24 hours a day doing these things. I'll do it for, you know, 30, 40 minutes a day. But anyway, my last plug is for the other productive thing that I've been doing, which is reading. I've been reading every single night missed a couple nights but i've been reading a lot more i don't read things that are valuable at all i read star wars i read hey. star wars star wars and more star wars and i read star wars legends for those that are familiar and because of that i've broken out my four favorite books from the series so far and i think i've read 15 of them let me count i think it's 15 i didn't even know there were 15 star wars books to read yeah, I'm, I'm reading my 16th right now. And for you that just said that, this is the list of all of the Legends books. Christ. And then there's another page. Oh, my God. And that's just Legends. So there's there's a ton of fucking material to Star Wars. But anyway, um, I just finished my what I would consider to be my fourth favorite. And so I have my four favorite authors amongst the Legends series right now, which is, and I'm going to butcher these names, but Drew Carpetian. James Luciano and Joe Schreiber are my favorite authors that I've, I've had. So in sequential order of books that I would recommend for those or people out there that are interested in Star Wars. Revan. So starting with the Old Republic, read Revan. It is so fucking good. And if you're familiar with Revan from like the Knights of the Old Republic series or anything like that, you'd love the book. Uh, tragic Story. Good book. Next in sequential order is Annihilation. Excuse me, same author. Very, very good book. Uh, this is one that I didn't really expect. I think I was kind of in the middle of some books that were like, man, I don't know. Am I going to continue to do this? And then I read this book and it was so fucking good. After that, this is probably my favorite of all time. And this is the one that actually got me started with the series because my brother recommended this. Uh, and that is Plagueis or Darth Plagueis. This book is so fucking good. And if you are just into Star Wars in general, like the movies, say you're just, you like to watch the movies, read Darth Plagueis and it connects directly with the storyline from the movies and it's it's so fucking good. Such a good fucking book. And because of that, this one also, Maul Lockdown is so fucking good and also connects to, this, uh, to the actual series as is familiar with most people. So those are my four favorites. Revan, Annihilation, Plagueis, and Maul Lockdown. Read them if you want. Uh, they're cheap. You can get these on Amazon for like eight bucks. So I was about to say, are they on Audible? I got an Audible membership. Haven't used it. Might be. I don't but know. I have it. They are cheap. Yeah, Carly's bought me a lot of these. All of them. 
Seven, eight bucks a piece. They're cheap. All of them. She's bought me all of them, she would like to say. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. What was the last thing Jess bought me? I think she got me Chick-fil-A one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the only uh, other productive thing I've done over my time off of work is I've grown my hair out. Uh, I can put it in an actual bun now. Uh, for I any can of our put live, it in a bun. Any of our live viewers, you get to see a side view of that. Um, otherwise, you just have to just trust me. I can put my hair in a bun now. This is the last thing that I have for productivity. Of and this is more Carly than me. One more thing. And Jake, you'll appreciate this as uh, one of your passions in life. We, well, she, and then now I, uh, have two foster cats right now that we have taken in and we are taken care of. And they are certified velvet lover kitties. They are fucking fantastic. If anybody is in the Arizona area, specifically Tucson, and wants to adopt two cats, brother and sister, they're fantastic. They're great cats. They love attention. They took some warming up, but we absolutely love them now. Uh, Carly put up a poll the other day about who was going to be the first foster failure. I voted uh, Kyle. It's going to be me. I voted you. I can't lie. Because those cats are great. We love them, and they are a lot of fun. That being said, still ready for them to be adopted. We want them to have full access to a house and not just a bedroom that uh, right. we have them in. They have like a full living space in our house, but it's we have to keep them separate from other cats. But we have enjoyed the foster experience so far. Yeah, we have a we have two fosters right now. We have a, a pitbull mix, and then we also have a like a hundred and ten pound Rottweiler mix. He's a fucking huge dog. We'll see. Uh, there's a seventy eight percent chance we keep one of them. Um, <laughs> But we'll we'll see how that all breaks down. But ultimately, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go on my little spiel here. Uh, yes, if you can't adopt, foster. If you can't foster, volunteer. If you can't volunteer, donate. Just help rescues out there save these animals' lives. Not on my uh, pita shit at all. Um, but you know these uh, these animals deserve good homes and. Even if you can't commit to keeping one long-term, fostering is a really great option that really helps not only the animals, but it helps rescues like the one that I volunteer for. Um, it, it helps us stay afloat and it helps us keep rescuing other animals. So keep that in mind if you have not done so so far. If you are in the Illinois area, specifically the like Oswego, Aurora, Yorkville area of Illinois, hit me up. I'll get you a foster dog. Yeah. Uh, I would say too, and we've talked about this a little bit too, I think the way in the future for us is that if we are going to get like a permanent pet in the future, we're going to end up fostering ahead of time anyway. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just adopt them if we, if we feel a really good connection to them. Like we really like these cats now, but again, we're not, it's not a long-term thing for us. We're just happy that they have a nice home while we're waiting for them to get their permanent home. Yeah. And and that's how people have to look at it too. Like when it comes, especially for the rescue that we work for, um, the fosters always have the first choice of if those pets are adopted to them or not. So you can spend all of this time with them. And there's, there's been plenty of situations where my wife and I have fostered dogs and we're like, these are great dogs, but they are not our dogs. Like there's a feeling that you get when you know that you have the right pet for you and your family. And if you just foster and then you like, We've had people apologize to us because they're like, I can't adopt this dog for X, Y, and Z. And we're like, that's okay. You took care of them until they could get adopted. Like that's, right. 
that in and of itself is worth all of the effort and time that you put into it. And just knowing that you took care of that dog or that cat or that rabbit. I've heard of rabbit rescue. Like there's different, re there's rescues for most animals in, in some way, shape or form. I've even heard of like horse rescues. There's, there's so many different yeah, things. There's sense. so many different ways that you can, can contribute to just making these animals lives a little bit better so that they can then go on to their permanent homes. And even just that, like, even just knowing you helped, you feel like a little bit of a better person for it. Yeah. I feel like you have a real topic to get to based on what you said at the intro of this episode. So if you have another topic, Dylan, I have one more thing to talk about and that's it uh, for this episode. So I'll let you roll it away with a real topic. Bro, I had nothing. I was going to talk about football. We can talk about football. Let's talk about, talk about there. Let's talk about your last topic because us talking about football may take the last like 25 minutes. You just brought it up. So I was going to bring up the fact that I upgraded my PC and I was really excited about it. I had yeah. I got home from my work trip and I had a pile of like new egg and Amazon packages just fucking waiting for me and I was ecstatic about it. I was mad. I got the Snapchat. I was not happy with you. <laughs> I felt like you were bragging. I was, was not okay. I was bragging. I was 100% bragging. I was so stoked. Uh, I was going to build this, uh, you know, as soon as I got the parts and then uh, there was a delay just because of the work trip in the middle there. But and, and you know, too, like, thankfully, like we didn't talk about it at all, but like I got to celebrate Thanksgiving before I left. I think I celebrated a late Christmas as soon as I got back, which was fantastic. I spent some time with Carly doing that. We had a great time uh, catching up on the holidays. And obviously I missed New Year as well. While I was gone. Uh, so that sucked. But we, we tried to kind of just jam that all in as soon as I got right. back and, and celebrate all the holidays, which a part of that to me was my Christmas presents to myself, which was my computer. And so I got a Ryzen 9 5900X, which is absolutely fantastic. And I'm super excited about that. And then on top of that, uh, I already mentioned the new egg shuffle. I got picked up for a new egg shuffle to get a 3080 Ti, which was just like, holy shit. Uh, so I spent a little too much money, um, which I spent it'll roll perfectly into your next topic because I spent all of my gambling, my sports gambling money on my computer parts. Yep. Uh, but you knew that though. You said, that's you, what I wanted to do. When you yeah. talk to me about gambling, every time you were like, I'm hoping to win enough money to buy these parts. And then yeah. once I hit that point, I'm, I give it up. It's exactly what I did. And I haven't gambled since then. I want enough money to buy the computer parts that I wanted. And then I ended up going a little over budget, but I bought, uh, I used that money to buy just this stuff. And so, and then I also got a, a new motherboard, uh, and other than that, everything stayed the same. Oh, and I got a water cooler for my CPU instead of a fan. But everything else stayed the same, which I will say, too, not only have I been... I've been replaying The Witcher 3, and it is amazing getting fucking firewall 144 FPS on all things maxed out, maxed out on The Witcher 3. Like, I literally, like, my FPS has never dipped off of 144 playing on max <laughs> ultra settings. I don't think I've ever played The Witcher with over 60 frames per second. Like, yeah, I... I I've never dropped below 144. It's incredible. Like this setup is is awesome, and I'm I'm really happy with it. The only thing that I might change is I would uh, maybe add a couple more fans because it does get pretty fucking toasty, which is weird because if I look at my CPU and my GPU readout re, or you know my readings of temperature, right. they don't really get higher than 60, which isn't bad at all. Yeah, and that's Celsius for those that don't know. But uh, when I, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. But then when I can literally put my hand next to my case and it feels like a fucking oven. But, and so, I don't I know, mean, I that, like it, it could maybe use a couple more fans. I mean, that's just kind of just, like, heat over time equals more heat. Like, right. if, if you put a pan on low heat for long enough, it's going to get scalding hot. Like, Yeah, that's true. But I, I do feel like there are some things I could do to mitigate some of that. But anyway, that's, that's it a could be your, It could be your case, too. But also, case you have... The case fucking blows. The airflow you, of this case is terrible. Yeah. 
I tried to buy a new case. That was one thing that I looked into. Uh, and I feel like the I have the Fantex P400. I think it's P400, not P400 Alpha. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I have the P400. And the case itself is, like, fine looking. But I thought it was fucking huge. And so I was going to get a... Um, I'm blanking on the one that I was going to get now. It was one of the most recommended cases by Gamers Nexus, whatever it was for airflow and everything like that. And so I was like, I'm going to get this case. And it was actually an inch taller than the case that I have right now, which means it wouldn't fit where I have my fucking case. And so I couldn't buy it. And I also don't want a bigger case anyway, which annoyed the shit out of me. But I'm just going to say, I get really good airflow with my mesh if I see. Let me just look it up. I'll figure out what fucking case it was. I, I tried to Google like Gamers Nexus airflow case. Best and worst it. of 2020. I'll find it. Ah, Here. loud noises. Uh, maybe no, they have YouTube it. YouTube video. He has an article. I, I was going to say, I'm looking at the there YouTube video and just hoping it's in the description. No. Best small form factor. Best out of box thermals. Found that article. The Leon Lee Lancool Mesh 2. No, no. Fractal Meshify. Is that what you just said you have? I have the Meshify C. I was going to get the Meshify 2. Which they have a like a regular size one and then the bigger one. And I was just going to get the regular ass size one. And it's bigger than my fucking cage. And I couldn't believe it. And I was pissed. But I wanted the Meshify 2. But anyway, it wasn't going to work out. It was going to be too big and too bulky. So I stuck with this case. The uh, Meshify C is a pretty pretty good size. It's actually probably the smallest computer case that I've owned. Yeah. And I still, like, I fit my I have 5700 XT Thick 2. It, that fits in there fine. Like everything that I have in there, I have uh, one, two, three, four fans. I have an AIO. Like everything fits pretty fine in there. It's got a, a shroud for the, the power supply. I really got no complaints about the case. There's which is why I have it wrong with my it. case. I just have this picture in my brain of there being a smaller case. And I don't think that I'm going to find that much smaller. This case is pretty reasonable given full tower, you know, or I guess it's a mid, but anyway. Love it. Love everything that I did. Love the upgrades. Peter's been fantastic. Very excited to have it done. Selling my old parts if anybody wants them. Uh, other than the CPU, I already sold it. And what else was I going to say? Oh, the other thing that I was going to say, which is pretty fucking incredible, is I had a lot of doubt on the fact that I was going to just be able to take my old hard drives and plug them into a brand new, essentially, computer and just have everything work. And I was like, God, this is going to be a nightmare. Literally switched it all up, plugged it back on, everything Everything's good. I was like, holy shit, Windows, bless you for somehow making this so transition, you know, such a, such a smooth transition because, and I had even looked it up online before I put everything or tore everything apart because I was kind of worried about this. And some people are like, oh, you might have to reactivate your version of Windows and a lot of your subscriptions mm -hmm. because they're going to identify new hardware. Nothing. The only, no problems. The only issue I've ever ran into was with the graphics card drivers. But I just downloaded them prior to even having the the graphics card in. Like, I think the new that's only card. an issue if you go from Nvidia to AMD or AMD. And to and that's because what I did I went is from I went Nvidia to Nvidia. I don't think it was a problem at all. Yeah, I went from Nvidia to AMD, and I think that's what ultimately like caused the problem. Yeah, and that makes sense. But yeah, I had absolutely no problems because I have um, GeForce experience or whatever and that popped up as soon as I launched the computer and was like hey we recognize you have a new GPU we'll download new drivers click boom done yeah that makes god yeah it was nice I love AMD 
But I kind of want NVIDIA at this point. I Just love for the AMD graphics card. CPUs. I still haven't had a GPU, so I don't know, but I love I've, their GPUs. I have never real i've never really had problems with my graphics card but that is the life of being a computer owner and having built your own computer is even when everything's working fine you know that it could work better yeah. you want better dude that's the shitty thing is like my computer i spent a lot of money to upgrade this thing like a lot and it is completely unnecessary but i still just i wanted it you know but also like at the point you're at now it's good for the next five years at dude, minimum this, yeah i was gonna say at minimum because there, there is. It would sicken me to think that this computer wouldn't be functional beyond five years. Yeah, it. I mean, it one hundred percent is. Like, even people who are running, like, I'm not even gonna try and think of the processors from the time. But like, if you're running a 1080 Ti right now, you're still pulling probably 120 frames at 1080. I literally just saw somebody post on Reddit about that. They're like, my 1080 Ti is still going crazy. Like, yeah, it's still. Fucking awesome. Like you're probably pulling at least 120, if not more, FPS at 1080p. You're at least pulling 60 at 2K. You're yeah. probably struggling if you're trying to play on 4K, but if you actually care yeah. about gaming performance, why are you playing at 4K anyway? Yeah. Like Dane. Dane. <laughs> Good old Dane. Oh god, I can't wait to have the three of us back together again. It's yeah, gonna be a shit show of a podcast. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Oh man! All right, fine. We'll finally transition to my topic since Kyle's done bragging for the last hour and ten minutes. I am. I've been productive and I felt good about it. You're time welcome. to time to make you feel like shit. Hey, Kyle, how many fantasy championships did you win? Zero. Oh, that sucks. I won four. Out of how many leagues were you in this year? Twenty-four. Twenty-four leagues. Okay, just making sure. Hey, hey, hey. That's one in six. I won one in six leagues. You won zero in how many? I was in six leagues. I oh, was in three championships tough. and I lost all three. It's <laughs> it was, a real tough scene. And the worst part was is my internet was fucked when I was uh in the middle of championship week and so my lineups got set fine, but when the games were playing I couldn't watch. Uh and so I had to literally just wake up to the results of the games on my phone. That's almost day. better. It wasn't. Well, so like maybe okay. it was. I don't fucking know. So I'm in one of my championship games, right? Like I have been I drafted this team in the second the draft was done. I knew I was making the championship. Like had zero like zero thoughts that I may not make the championship in this league. And then championship week comes. Taysom Hill hurt. Najee Harris hurt. Deontay Johnson hurt. Daryl Williams hurt half of my starting lineup because we only start eight people in this league hurt and miss at minimum a quarter if not a half to a full game and i lost the championship in my most expensive second most expensive league very upset having to watch that happen i much rather would have just woken up and just known that i didn't win just been like cool worst part second is place honestly the worst part is that there were two leagues that I was like, I'm definitely going to win. Was 100%. my league one of them? Yeah. Yeah, you should have. I don't, like, that was that was a it's real tough put up, like, four fucking points. Yeah. And I had, I can't remember who else it was. I had two players put up, like, four points. I'll pull up the scoreboard. And there was literally two leagues where I'm like, there is literally no chance that I'm going to lose. And then 
uh, one of them, I was like, I'm probably going to lose this. I probably shouldn't have making making it to the championship anyway. When that was that twenty man non PPR that I was in, I was like, how the fuck did I make it to the championship in this league? Yeah. And then I got smoked by the guy that should have smoked me. Naturally. Yeah, you had uh, you had Chubb put up seven. Yeah. You had Zeke David like David Montgomery put up nine point nine. Zeke put up ten, and Elijah Mitchell put up eight point five. While you had Mike Evans on your bench with twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. You had you started. At least your defense didn't hurt you because your bench defense got twenty and your starting defense got twenty. Yeah. But like, even just having Mike Williams in your lineup, you win. If he was yeah. in one of your flex spots, you win the championship because you only lost by nine points. Yeah. Not even nine full points. It was like eight and a half. Yeah, it was depressing. I shouldn't have lost that league. I, and I, by the way, I was fourteen and one in that league going into the championship yeah. matchup. So it sucked. And uh, he had he had. Antonio Brown dropped 5.6. Yeah. Gerald Everett dropped 6.6. And Marquise Brown dropped 3.8. But he also had Amon Ross St. Brown drop yep. 35. Yep. His running backs all dropped at least 15. His defense matched yours, essentially. His kicker yeah. dropped 17. Like, that Dude, was the just. The kicker's what got me, too. I would have won the league if it wasn't for that fucking kicker. Yeah. Because that was his last player, if I remember right. Yeah, it was. He had, well, he had him and Deontay. That's right, yeah. But either way, that was 34 points that those two scored combined, and you yep. lost by eight. Yep. It sucked. Tragic scene. I was so league. invested in that game for you. I wanted you to win so bad. For reference, the guy who won that league, in this league has been together for five years. He has won three times. And come in second twice. Like, he dog walks this league no matter who I bring into it. And the one time the one time he lost was to me. And the second time he lost was the very first year of the league where the guy who won didn't even come back. <laughs> but yeah, my work league was fucking bullshit too because I should have dominated that one. But he had Jamar Chase with like 40 fucking Uncle Kyle, they do need to move on from Zeke. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is clearly the more efficient and better running back at this point in their careers. Zeke is a great pass blocker. He is a great pass blocker, which has been a weird role for him that he succeeded. When he's healthy, he's still a very good running back, but he's been so nicked up in it. Like he was playing through a torn PCL in his, this season. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. Like he, I love all the Twitter responses to that too. Mike McCarthy's like, yeah, if he would have been rested, he would have been fine. It's like, then why the fuck didn't you rest him? Yeah, you're you are going to win that division. There was no we we had already secured the division, and they still played Zeke. Yeah, like just rest him for three weeks. Yeah, that's the one thing that I hate with the NFL is I I, res- I fully respect players wanting to play through injury. As an athlete myself, I wanted to cut my own peak key off so I could keep playing baseball instead of having surgery on it and having to miss the rest of the season. Like, yep. I, I totally get that aspect of it. You're not as effective when you're hurt as you are when you're healthy. Yeah. You are hurting your team because your replacement could be just as good, if not better. Yeah. Then an interview, yeah. Anyways. But yes, the fantasy season was relatively a success for me. I can't complain. To be I've, fair, I made money on this fantasy season. Yeah. 
That's all you could ask for. But it was still really fucking disappointing. It, oh, yeah, it, it hurts. But also, like, if you really think about it, right, this is your, I'll call Dang. it your your second year really into fantasy. Yeah, that's fair. Because my first year that I played, I didn't. To be in 50% of your league's championships, that is massive. You know, the sad thing, though, is that the three ones that I didn't make it to the championship in were all my dynasty leagues. Which like does not bode well for the future of those dynasty but, leagues. But, but here's my counter argument to that: it could bode well if your teams are built well. Your team, like in my in the ten team league that I run, for example, your team is built for long term success. You just got cucked really hard with injuries to some of your best players, and they're and gonna be back this trade year. with goddamn Ryan pissed me off so bad. For the record, I traded Javante Williams in a first for Ridley and Thomas who didn't play another game that entire season. So. Yeah, that was a real tough scene, especially yeah. when you consider that Javante is now being valued at like running back three in fantasy. Which in I dynasty. think is a complete overvalue, especially since Melvin started. Gordon might come back. But don't even get me started. doesn't matter. I don't care I've about seen... his value anymore. It's the fact that I got no return value. It's, it's not that I feel like the trade was bad. I think if Ridley and Thomas would have played, I think it was still a probably a little sided to Ryan, but in an okay trade. Like, I think it would have helped me because I was hurting for injured receivers. I think if, assuming all are healthy, you won that trade by a mile. I still think next year it's going to be a fine trade for me. Yeah, if uh, assuming Ridley comes back, if you believe all the rumors that he's going to end up on a new team, he's probably going to be the wide receiver one again at whatever team he goes to. If Michael Thomas is healthy and whether he's on the Saints or he's on a different team, uh, he's got a very good chance of being the wide receiver one yet again on that team. Like, yeah, he does. And, and in Dynasty, wide receivers should be more valued than running backs. Running backs are a hot commodity, but like I've seen zero running back teams compete for championships because their wide receiver core and tight ends are so good. Dude, I saw somebody post on Twitter, and it might have even been you, somebody that won a league in a zero RB strategy, and I was like, holy shit, good for them, man. Yeah. Like, it was pretty incredible. <laughs> The so um he ended up it, like for one league um for example uh it's a two tight end super flex dynasty league this guy at one point in the season was starting like Tony Pollard and let me try and pull up his roster and see if I can find like a week of his roster um he's starting like Tony Pollard and at the time. Cordero Patterson, which going into week one of the year, you're not thinking that's a great roster for you. Like you're just playing for draft position for next year. He ended up dog walking the league and he ended up losing to uh, a roster I could have taken over, which is a thing I'm salty about. And it'll be a story for a different day. But like you can, if you in dynasty, if you have really good tight ends, really good quarterbacks and really good wide receivers, you can get by with shitty running backs. Like, if your running backs are putting up 9, 10 points a game, but your wide receivers are putting up 30, you're going to be fine. Like, yeah. it, it balances out really well. And I've seen a ton of guys who basically ran, like, zero RB rosters and just picked up pieces here and there or traded for pieces here and there and won leagues. It's 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 a viable strategy. It's not. I don't think it's a viable strategy in redraft, but it's a very viable strategy in Dynasty. Looking back, knowing what you know now about the 2021 season, would you trade before week one Melvin Gordon for Travis Etienne? Knowing what I know now in, in Dynasty? 
Yeah, in dynasties. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the trade that I offered that made me quit that one league. I offered Melvin Gordon for Travis Etienne at very beginning of the season, right when Travis Etienne confirmed out for the whole season. I offered Melvin Gordon for him, and that one fucking turd sent me that message and was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the worst trade I've ever seen in my life. And it just, it's so funny to me. It's still thinking about that. Bro, I, it's also not the worst trade ever because somebody tried to tell me that Devin Singletary was worth AJ Brown. Anyways, no, but yeah, no, like I still I think am glad it, that I traded you in that one league that doesn't matter at all. The Twitter league for fucking Singletary though. I'll still take that. Good for you. Um, I don't know. Like my mindset has very much shifted in Dynasty to the fact that I don't think with your running backs, you should be thinking more than two years out. It's such a volatile position. There's such overturn with it. Like Devin Singletary got drafted to be the starter. The year or so, was it one year or two years after? I want to say it was one year. Zach Moss was taken in the same round. Yep. And everybody thought he was going to take over. And then now two years... Draft a good running back. Yeah, and then now two years... Now that two years after that, like Devin Singletary over the past like four weeks of the season was like RB5 or some shit. He's like, good. Yeah. If they would just give him the fucking chance. I love David Montgomery. Same. We all we all know I love David Montgomery. As a Bears fan, I wanted Devin Singletary in that draft. Yeah. I thought he was the more talented running back, and I think Buffalo just used him improperly. They did. And, had, and then they crowded the backfield. Yeah. You just made it harder. You You made people think Zach Moss was good at football. <laughs> I'm not saying I could be as effective as an NFL running back. Zach, if you ever hear this podcast somehow, sorry, not sorry. Get good, kid. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I don't know. Especially like thinking back to um, like early in the season, especially if I think I have a competitive roster, I'm taking Melvin Gordon for ETN. I'm not. I'm not trying to think about a young running back. I don't care. Like. I still value Christian McCaffrey very, very heavily because I'm not thinking more than two years in the future with my running backs. That's exactly why I don't value Christian McCaffrey. Here's, here's my thing with McCaffrey. If he's healthy, you win that week. But he's true. But he's not. If I told you right now a single player could win you five weeks of your season... Just having him on your roster would win you games. Would you take that player for those five games? It depends on what the offer is, right? Like if I could trade Christian McCaffrey for somebody that's giving me value that's lower but consistent over the entire season, I'm probably going to do it. Like would I trade Christian McCaffrey for David Montgomery and like a a second? Maybe. (laughs) I would without thinking twice. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather take somebody that I believe in as a strong running back and consistent because David Montgomery's had a little bit of injury problems too, but he's it's been three, four-week injuries, not half season, half season, half season. You know what I mean? So, like, for me in a dynasty league, sure, I'm probably only thinking a couple years at a time, but I'm still trying to think about who is going to give me consistency across the season. And Christian McCaffrey's just not going to do it. And he's proven that. Season after season after season. But he's winning you the games that he's healthy. True, but he's not winning your season. Maybe, but... It's, here's the, it's a problem. Here's the counter-argument to that, though, right? Debo Samuel. Is that the counter-argument? No, it's not <laughs> the counter. Um, 
I'm so happy. I was one of the highest people in the world on Debo coming into the season. Anyways, that's a different story for a different day, maybe a different podcast in general. Um, but when you lose a player like Christian McCaffrey, right, you're not taking a zero for him each week. If you have a running back who's scoring you 12 points a week, that's cool. That's fine. If you have a running back that's scoring you 30 points a week like McCaffrey will for eight weeks, you're probably getting 10 points a week out of his replacement. Chuba yeah. wasn't the greatest backup in the world, but he, he was really wasn't. He was getting you some points. Like, And yeah. that's that's the argument for taking some of these ceiling players over some of these floor players. But even so, like... Melvin Gordon probably won some people leaks. Like he was yeah. a very effective running back, all things considered, for a 29-year-old running back who's splitting time. And he might like, come back next year as a 30-year-old. He might be the next David fucking Johnson, but better. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think ultimately when it comes to fantasy football, right, there's so many different ways to play this game, especially in Dynasty. There's long-term plays, there's win now, there's you know competitive struggle as it's called. Like there's so many different things that you can do. I think ultimately like you're trying to win now, right? Like if you're winning right away, you can then trade those pieces for younger pieces to help you win again in two years. Like, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot of lessons from this year's dynasty for sure. I'm never drafting. My first year playing dynasty. I'm never drafting an entire entirely young roster again. I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I, and you shouldn't, right? I like did it. You have to win now too. I did it like two or three times amongst like twelve dynasty leagues, and I'll never do it again because I was just like wholly uncompetitive in those leagues, and just generally speaking, like there's so much prayer that goes into it, like praying these guys turn out, and it's just not worth it. In the long run, it's ultimately not. Yeah, agreed. But real quick, before we wrap up here, Super Bowl prediction. Who's winning? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, God. You've seen, you've seen the, the, uh, the wild card games. We're going into divisionals. Do you know who, who I want to win? If I had to guess, I would say... I feel like you probably don't want Brady to win. I do not. I feel like you probably don't want the Rams to win. I don't really give a fuck. I feel like if I had to pick one team, I would say you probably want Buffalo to win. No, but you're close. I think Buffalo is a great team that deserves a win. That being said, I hope the 49ers get fucking decimated by the Packers. But I also hate the Packers, so I hope the Packers get decimated. Who I want to win the Super Bowl is the Cincinnati Bengals. Do I think it's yeah. going to happen? Absolutely fucking not. But I think it would be the best story of the season if the Cincinnati Bengals came back in their first season in 30 fucking years winning a, a playoff game. And then they come back and win the Super Bowl. I think that'd be incredible. That, bro, I'm, so, I'm so mad that Cincinnati and Tennessee are playing each other because those are like, if, if there was a world where I could make that be the Super Bowl, that's who I would want to be the Super Bowl. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like, that'd be so cool. That'd be fun. Especially Real, when Derek Henry's coming back, so we'll see what's going to happen. It's going to be yeah. tough. I, realistically, I have a very, very hard time seeing a team beat Green Bay this year. This and is my problem, is I think Green Bay might be the worst fucking team to root for in this entire, like, group of teams. I hate Cincinnati, or sorry, I hate Tampa Bay. 
Uh, I don't really like Tom Brady, obviously, and I've tweeted about that. And I don't care to see the Chiefs win another one this close to their, you know, two years ago victory. But I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers this year because I think he's been such a fucking douche. Which is sad because I've had a lot of, like, root for Aaron Rodgers moments in the past. And, like, the State Farm commercials were great. And, like, all these things about Aaron Rodgers. And then he just turned into a giant fucking douche during COVID. And I really don't want to fucking see that guy win the Super Bowl. And I'm so sick of his fucking MVP talk and all this shit. I fucking hate hearing about Aaron Rodgers right now. And I would rather see him just get absolutely fucking dicked by the 49ers than see him win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I have a really hard time seeing any team beat Green Bay this year. They're just... Even as much as I don't want it to happen, as a Bears fan, I definitely don't want Green Bay to win. That's one less thing I need Packers fans holding over my head, but... I have that is a... one thing that I do disagree with you with. I think the Chiefs could beat the Packers. I do. I think the Buccaneers could definitely beat the Packers. I think if the Bills had healthy corners, they could beat the Packers. If if Tampa was fully healthy, if Tampa had Godwin, if their offensive line wasn't hurt, if their running backs weren't hurt, if their defense wasn't hurt, I think Tampa Bay could put up a fight. Dude, that's the crazy thing about Tampa Bay, though, right now with Tom Brady, is even without the pieces, he still makes things work. Like, you're seeing Keyshawn Vaughn have success in this offense right now when Keyshawn Vaughn hasn't done fucking shit in his entire career. Yeah. I mean, going off. Yeah. You see, uh, God damn it. What's his name? What's the wide receiver's name in Tampa? I can't remember. Tyler Johnson. Is that what it is? No. Uh, well he's sucked. Cyril Grayson has been kind of like Tyler Johnson has had success too. He's He's been, I mean, he's been usable. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is that's all Tom Brady needs is a usable person that can put their fucking hands on the ball and he can have success. And I hate it. I don't like Tom Brady. It's not that I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like seeing Tom Brady win every single fucking year. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's just boring. Yeah, it is boring. Yeah, and so I, mean, I think I think you're going to see competition, and I, and I hope we see some upsets in this. Honestly, I'd love to see like a complete underdog matchup. Like I'd love to see the Bengals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Bills move on. Yo, I yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Happen. I'd love to see that too. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I would love to see it though. It'd be cool. But like, I don't know. I just. As much as it pains me to say as a Bears fan, like, I really have a hard time seeing teams beat Green Bay right now. Like, Aaron Rodgers is operating at a level of proficiency that is unheard of. Dude, he is absurd. Like, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is fucking absurd. He's a cheat code. Like, he's literally, like, as much as we want to call, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, I think there's, like, a legitimate argument that he's the best quarterback in football. I don't think he's the best quarterback in football. That's maybe a hot take, but... He's at least... I think he is in the top tier. Yeah. It, it's him and Josh Allen right now. Like, I, I, there's not really a comparison. That Maybe, being said, that's another thing that I wish, is that I wish it wasn't the Bills versus the Chiefs. Yeah. And that's what that's my argument with, like, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Like, I'd much rather see, like, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City, Tennessee. Like, I'd much yeah. rather those be the games. Yeah. And then there's a or chance... Or even, like, you know, the Chiefs and the Packers, the Bills and the 49ers. And then you mix it up a little bit on the other side, make it Bucks, Bengals, Titans, Rams or something, you know? Yeah, like, I think that'd be cool to, like, do, like stop doing... I think you take the playoff teams and you just... You give them seeds. And AFC mm-hmm. could be playing NFC. Like, I'm, I don't care yeah. about the whole AF, best in the AFC, best in the NFC. Right. I think that's... Yeah. D- I've yeah. always thought, like, a, a conference slash division system is the dumbest thing in sports. Like... Give me the two best teams. I don't care yeah. what side of the bracket yeah, they're from. Yeah, Just give 100%. me the two best teams. And yeah, I think that'd be sick. Because you could realistically, like, if I'm looking at 
the playoffs, right? I think Green Bay-Tampa Bay is probably the best Super Bowl matchup this year. But that can't happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. Or or Green Bay-Kansas City. Yes, but also no. I'm tired of... Like, I don't... I love a dynasty if it's my team. If it's not my team, I don't want to see him in the playoffs yeah. every year. Like, Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Just a that. little bias there, but... All right, we've made our comments known. My prediction for the winner this year is Tampa Bay, even though I hate to say it, don't want to say it. I think Tampa Bay is going to get another one, but I'd love to see the Bengals win. Jake says it's going to be Green Bay, and he'd also like to see the Bengals win. And more importantly, before we close this out, I can't wait to watch you drink Malort for a whole episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to just acquire some somehow. I'll have to look around. Hey, I don't it's think at it's total wine. total wine here. I don't think it is. I I can. I looked it up. <laughs> it's there. You're not looking in the right spot, but it's there. All right, let me look again right now uh, as we close this out. You can make your comments, and I'll make, you know, mine afterwards. Well, as we are wrapping up, I want to thank you all for tuning in. It is very. We are both very happy to be back, and we are very excited to continue bringing the content each and every week. Um, as Kyle tweeted, our episodes will most likely be on Wednesday nights going forward as that works best for both of our schedules. Yes. Yes. Follow yes. us on all of our socials. You can find me on Twitter at Perry underscore FF. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle and her son. Make sure that you check out all of our tweets. You check out all of our social medias. You can find us at two AVG husbands on Twitter Two Average Husbands on Instagram and YouTube. You can listen to this podcast after it is live on Spotify and iTunes. We are very, very happy to be back, and I will let Kyle be the final close. No results found for Malort. Okay, well, perfect. Malort is it. not at my total wine, so that's good news for me. I'll have to acquire some somehow because I need to live up to the bet. Yes, Mac Jones did have a better season than Zach, or, uh, God damn it. Zach Wilson. Thank you, Zach Wilson. Jesus Christ. Can't even pick out the person that I... Yes, I also agree with Kyle that I want Dallas to win a fucking playoff game. I'm so fucking sick of it. I want Mike McCarthy to get fired. I would rather have Kellen Moore. I don't... The Packers fired Mike McCarthy for a fucking reason and moved on. Anyway, we can stop the rant there. It's been great to be back. I'm so excited also to continue the podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll have some more organized and uh, you know traditional content as we move forward with this with our normal topics uh but this is a lot of catch up for us and for you guys so happy to talk happy to talk to jake hopefully we'll have dane back soon we'll have a lot of fun and we will see you guys all next week on wednesday you can find me on twitter at kyle anderson follow us all on the rest of our social medias and we'll see you guys next week peace and don't forget to tell somebody that you love them